This is Future Sight, a show from Capgemini Invent. I'm Liz Lunier. On this show, we explore new ways for you to adapt and grow for the future in business. On this week's episode, we're discussing the recent Growing Together Platforms and Ecosystems study from here at Capgemini Invent. Platforms and ecosystems are changing both the private and public sector and helping many businesses reach their goals. Today, to discuss this, I'm joined by... Christian Stadler, Professor of Strategy at the University of Warwick. And... Paolo Cervini, Vice President at Capgemini Invent and the co-leader of the Management Lab by Capgemini Invent. Excellent. Well, welcome to today's show, gentlemen. I'm very excited to talk to you today about sustainability and ecosystems and platforms. So let's get started and start to unpack the issues. Sustainability is currently one of the drivers of organizational and business change. What sort of changes are you seeing being implemented in the market? And what gaps do you see that are yet to be filled? Paolo, let's start with you. Compared to some years ago, I think there was a, a huge uh, step ahead in terms of sustainability initiatives. And that's the good news. So we see that uh, many, many companies are launching projects, initiatives, targets uh, are more and more ambitious. We still see a huge gap uh, between uh, real actions and these targets, these ambitions. So that's, that's the point. That's the issue is how to scale uh, sustainability efforts. And that's why we believe that uh, platforms and ecosystem uh, can be a good answer or the right answer to facilitate uh, this uh, skill up. And how do you feel about that, Christian? What Paolo is saying that, you know, there's still a substantial gap is one that I feel more strongly today than maybe a year or two ago. With the economy being uh, in a more troublesome spot with the energy crisis, I think there's a natural gut reaction from many senior executives. We need to sort this out now. But that obviously, you know, creates long-term problems. And if we don't manage to create urgency around the topics uh, right now, it's easy to see how we're backtracking a little bit uh, once again. And you see that platforms and ecosystems are important to drive towards more sustainable business? Well, the way I view it is uh, more that, you know, this is such a complex problem that involves many different stakeholders. And if one company tries to go it alone, then the impact is going to be limited. Uh, the ability also to create actions that uh, are crucial is, is more difficult if we set it up this way. So in other words, you have no choice other than involving others. And that naturally brings us into the direction of, you know, who else is in my ecosystem? Who needs to be involved? So, Paolo, let's talk a little bit more about this. Paolo, how would you define platforms or ecosystems? Because it's a really broad concept. And, you know, so if you could define how you see them and how we're talking today, that would be very helpful. Yes, it's a broad topic. And uh, to some extent, it's also a very broad definition. And actually, the risk is uh, to keep it too broad. But my definition uh, is a definition uh, of platform and ecosystems with some, uh, let's say, key pillars. First of all, you need to have uh, many players, otherwise it's not uh, an ecosystem. The other key point is you need to create uh, the so-called network effect. So you need to demonstrate that if you add an additional uh, player, there is an increased value for the overall uh, ecosystem. A key dimension is that you are able 
to measure this, uh, let's say, value added, so that you can be, you are also able to share this value with all the participants. So that's a bit uh, my definition. There are a lot of definition. I like a lot uh, this uh, approach, uh, which is based, uh, uh, by the way, on the research, uh, the publication uh, of Professor Marshall Van Alstern, Geoff Parker, starting from their book uh, probably four or five years ago, Platform Revolution. I still think uh, this is uh, the best model to check uh, and to make it, uh, let's say, more actionable and quantitative. I got it. Christian, do you have anything to add there? No, I think Paulo said it both all and very elegantly. Excellent. And it seems like that we, we've got a great, great starting off point there. So how are the platforms and ecosystems addressing more complex organizational challenges and externalities when it comes to sustainability? So I guess what platforms help us to do is to find a way to organize this exchange between different players. You know, often that is uh, through some technical solutions, but it organizes this complexity, yeah? Because how otherwise do you get off, you know, dozens of different stakeholders who have an interest uh, in this into that conversation? It likewise gives some rules and regulation of how these conversations have to happen, because that's, you know, easily a problem as well. If we go to the massive conferences around climate uh, change, there's a lot of chaos there because it's so difficult to organize these ex uh, exchanges. Some of the platform yeah, enables us to keep these conversations more structured. That's pretty helpful, I think. Yeah, I would like to add another point related to this. It's not just uh, sustainability that needs uh, platforms and ecosystem. It's also the other way around. Now, platform and ecosystem are... I don't say dominating, but almost dominating uh, the economic and the business uh, landscape. And uh, all these platforms have an increased uh, social role. And in some cases are uh, related uh, to, uh, let's say, societal issues. In some other cases, also talking about uh, climate, environmental. Think about the discussions, uh, the debates about uh, fake news. I mean, it's an externality of social media. And social media at the beginning was not really a social uh, or a sustainability initiative. Think about all the debates uh, around uh, local mobility, where companies like uh, Uber are not just a platform, but uh, they should be also more and more linked uh, to the local uh, goals in terms of uh, pollution, in terms of traffic, uh, let's say well-being. So there are many, many of these cases. Uh, and uh, what I say is that I don't find a single platform, so including the original digital native <laughs> platforms like the Airbnb, the Uber, that now can't develop without uh, sustainability in their goals. And so that's a big change that creates uh, this clear link and uh, when uh, you talk about uh, externalities, uh, that's externality. It's not an easy task uh, to manage, but uh, that's, uh, that's the point. Okay, I'm hearing about Uber and I'm hearing about, you're saying about Airbnb, but Christian, can you possibly give me some other examples of platforms and ecosystems that have been successfully implemented by business to help them reach their business and sustainability goals? 
So let me take you in a slightly different direction, yeah, because that's something that Paulo, Paulo kind of, you know, referred to that really needs our attention. The question about uh, fake news, yeah, and uh, we're then talking about the social platforms, yeah, Twitter, YouTube, etc., where a lot of this stuff spreads. Now, this introduces the question of how much do we need to regulate these platforms and the conversations that you can have in order to bring topics forward uh, on, on sustainability or how little. On the one hand, yeah, you have free speech absolutists who think, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry should be allowed to voice their opinion out there, opening, in my view, also the floodgate for some really extremist opinions that ha have little guidance, yeah? On the other hand, you know, you have some people who want uh, much more strict uh, regulation. And there's even some, I'm not necessarily uh, would call them platform, but there's some technical instruments to have much more guided uh, conversation. IBM has this uh, technology about strategy jams where you can have or you can set up a deliberate discussion about a particular Topic. And they've done that, you know, they've done that about LGBTQ uh, issues, uh, for example, where uh, then you have moderators uh, that help uh, everyone to stay in lane, so to speak, uh, but it's very solution driven. That has its benefit. I can hear some people who sit on the free speech absolutist side cringe, you know, that, whoa, you know, we are, we are kind of imposing uh, things on people. But at the same time, you know, some rules, we, we have that everywhere. Yeah. If we go back to the initial definition of a market square where people talk about the opinions, it's not as, as if there wouldn't be some ruling in. That's important part that we should not forget that regulation uh, is important in this context. Very interesting. Paolo, what do you think of that? Yes, I have another example of a case that I believe it's becoming more and more relevant in terms of platform ecosystems and sustainability. In general, all the businesses are related to agriculture, especially farming, the farming industry, probably because it's also fragmented and there are multiple stakeholders, both private and the public, this business, this market is becoming a more and more, uh, let's say, platform and ecosystem driven. There is a nice case uh, of a German uh, company, BSF, that launched uh, a unit, a specific unit called uh, Xarvio. It's a, a, let's call a digital platform providing uh, additional services and connecting uh, farmers uh, to different types of uh, providers and to different solutions. And that's from insurance uh, to, let's say, data insights uh, on crops and so on. And that's already demonstrated uh, a strong impact uh, in terms of uh, a best, uh, in terms of better results, uh, in terms of crop yields, uh, in terms of a best uh, water usage and so on. So these are cases that are emerging and sometimes also launched by large uh, traditional companies like uh, BSF uh, that are reshaping something which is extremely critical, uh, which is uh, food and uh, agriculture. Paolo, can I ask you, because I wasn't aware of this one, yeah? does, does it connect uh, different farmers with different companies who are provided? Does it connect the farmers to each other to exchange for information? How exactly does this work? It's, it's, it's a really cool platform, it seems. First of all, it's still in a sort of a developing phase, like all the platform and ecosystem. That's the strong benefit of ecosystem. At the moment, it doesn't connect farmers in a sort of peer-to-peer. -peer. It's more sort of platform connecting different types of 
solutions, especially, I would say, uh, technical solutions, but also, let's say, uh, weather, uh, data, and so on. There is always a sort of uh, insurance uh, package. And then it's also mixed with some more, let's say, traditional in-person activities, because in the end, agriculture, you need also to manage the delivery, you need to manage learning experience of the farmers. And then it's also adapted country by country, because in some cases like Brazil, you have a huge farming <laughs> companies in some other cases like Italy, farmers are very, very small. So it's adapted. I would say it's orchestrated by BSF with this specific uh, unit. And uh, probably at the beginning was also a way, let's say, to increase their business uh, footprint, because their core business uh, is fertilizers. But now they realize step by step how also this uh, social impact might be very, very relevant. So I don't know all the details, but I guess that also in terms of local connections with local institutions, they are working on, and anyway, there is a lot to do. To do. That's, that's why it's very fascinating. It's a mix of a digital and, let's say, physical platform. It should be customized, and it's going to, to be relevant from a sustainability standpoint. Well, you're talking about creating value there. You know, you're saying that BSF is creating value in different ways here. What are the value generators that you can get out of in ecosystems and platforms? You gave us some examples with BAS, but what in general are the value generators in these ecosystems? That's a great question. In my opinion, you need to make sure that uh, there is a business and economic and financial value. So it would be... A bit naive, uh, at least at this stage, to think that there is not a business economic uh, value. So you should demonstrate that. In the case of BSF, clearly, it was also a way to increase uh, their service uh, and value-added businesses, uh, in addition to, let's say, a bit more commodity-driven business. But then when you involve other players, both private and uh, public, uh, you need, uh, let's say, to demonstrate that there is this additional value. I use this network effect logic, but the other point, which is not easy and should be differentiated uh, case by case, is that you need to agree with some, let's call metrics, KPIs, to say we demonstrate that there is an additional value, and this value should be eventually also discussed in terms of trade-offs, because especially when you talk about sustainability, there might be some trade-off. But you need to quantify a bit with some KPIs. And that's uh, that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. Uh, but once you are close to that, it's also much easier to find an agreement about how to share value, which is uh, the key point. Now, there are some of these uh, platforms or ecosystem, some of them we mentioned also in the previous uh, conversation, that probably they are not 100% fair in terms of uh, value sharing. The goal is to be fair and KPIs, metrics, uh, share KPIs are uh, critical for that. Yeah, an advantage of the example that Paolo gave earlier with the agricultural platform you have when you use this wider ecosystem is 
from a sustainable per, uh, perspective, how do you reach many small players in an economically feasible way? It's really, really difficult. Yeah. And they are often the ones which in some could have the biggest positive impact, particularly, you know, farming when, when you talk about this. Now, through that platform, they share information themselves. It's easily accessible. They have an incentive uh, to be involved in that because, you know, they get maybe ac- get access uh, to more effective methods uh, of doing farming, maybe fertilizer that is more appropriate to their particular uh, situation. And at the same time, has, you know, benefits for the environment. So that sort of setting is great because how, how do you do it otherwise? You know, you can obviously, you know, have advertising campaigns. Uh, you can have TV shows. Yeah, it's a, a really cool one uh, that I'm aware of from Kenya. They call it Shamba Shaper, but it's, it's the same way we have these home improvement uh, shows, but set on farming. Yeah. So you have some, you know, who's a bit of an expert comes in and helps you to reorganize your, uh, your farm. But as a TV program, yeah, the platform now in an economically feasible way does something similar, helps you to improve your farm, do it in a way that is beneficial for the, uh, for the environment uh, as well. And, and I can't think of many other mechanisms you can do that in the same way. We talked a little bit about metrics. Can we talk a little bit further about, you know, some of the metrics that will be enabled by these platforms from a sustainability perspective? Yes, there are, in my opinion, two different types of metrics. First of all, we need to be careful not to create too many metrics to reinvent the wheels. I see the ESG trend as a very positive one because it started to define some metrics, especially on the E, the environmental part, but now also on the S and the G. So it would be great that also in uh, this uh, ecosystem, uh, let's say design and orchestration, uh, it would be great to use uh, some of these metrics uh, instead of uh, reinventing uh, the wheel. Then depending on the single uh, case and the single ecosystem, uh, there might be other specific uh, metrics linked uh, to the specific goals and values uh, to be to be created. But my message is, uh, let's try to avoid too many metrics, try to converge on something that is uh, becoming already mainstream, and uh, on the other few metrics uh, to find a real agreement uh, since the beginning. That's, uh, that's uh, the point. The other key point uh, that uh, we didn't mention is that experience shows that the ecosystems uh, need an uh, orchestrator. If you don't have an orchestrator, it's very difficult to to have a successful uh, platform or ecosystem. And so part of, of the role of the orchestrator of the orchestrator is to manage these metrics, to define, to adapt, and to make sure that they are monitored in a fair way for all the players. It's the job of uh, the orchestrator. Can you explain a little bit more about what an orchestrator is and give an example of an orchestrator? In the case, uh, for instance, Xarvio, as we said, it's uh, an orchestrator because it's managing all the parties, all the players, and uh, is uh, managing all the flows, the, let's say, value exchanges, data exchanges. So all platforms we know, the Meta, the Airbnb, they are orchestrators because uh, they orchestrate the interactions uh, between uh, these uh, players, but be single uh, persons, it might be companies. That's the role. It's also the player that should define the rules, 
should define the criteria to be part of the platform or the ecosystem. That's uh, the, the role. The key question in many of these, uh, let's call sustainability ecosystems, is uh, who is going to be the orchestrator? In some cases, think healthcare, which is a system, an ecosystem. My opinion is that uh, probably the orchestrator should be a public uh, institution, not a private one, because it's so complex, it's so systemic, it's such a mix of uh, private uh, profit uh, goals and social goals that uh, probably in the end they should be a public entity. But there are a lot of discussion about that. What I say is that there need to be a clear orchestrator, otherwise it's a mess. Gotcha. Paolo, what is your opinion when it comes to these platforms and ecosystems and their potential to transform public and private proper partnerships? Yes, for me, it's uh, really the next step. We have seen that most of these uh, platforms uh, have become, uh, as I said, uh, prevailing uh, business model uh, in, the, in the economy. But there are some areas, uh, basically all the areas are related uh, to social and uh, sustainability that are still not working uh, very well. I'm talking about healthcare. I'm talking about work with all the different uh, declinations. I'm talking also about uh, mobility, transportation. In this case, uh, clearly are very complex. Clearly, they have a, a social uh, value and a lot of social goals. As I said, probably it's time for some uh, public institutions that might be at different levels from local uh, to, to government uh, to have a more aggressive and proactive role in, uh, as we said, orchestrating these, uh, these systems or ecosystems. And it's not an easy task. Think about uh, these uh, large uh, platform uh, successful companies, uh, the Airbnb. I mean, you know how innovative, how strong they are in terms of uh, customer intimacy, in terms of uh, analytics, uh, data-driven decision-making, how strong they are. So for public sector, there is the need to uh, really jump in terms of uh, innovative uh, capabilities data-driven capabilities, and so on. So it's not an easy task. What we suggested that eventually you can start with some, uh, let's call missions or specific initiatives, but there there is an urgent need for an upgrade, an overall upgrade of the innovation capabilities of public sectors, which is not the basic public administration, the civil servants. There is a matter of uh, pride, in our opinion, also to be recreated. Well, what you know, I, I need to come here in here as well. Yeah. So what we cannot forget is that uh, we like to compare Google, Apple, also with what we would like to see in the public sector. But of course, it's entirely different playing fields uh, uh, as well. Uh, let's start start to you know to recruit the sort of people who have the technical capacity and capabilities to do these things. Well, you know, you go sort of mid level Google position. They're paid a salary that is not that different from what prime ministers in many countries are being paid. So, you know, clearly I cannot afford a big group of uh, highly specialized, super trained engineers uh, to run this system. That That's that's a clear restriction. Then I don't start from zero. You know, uh, if I look at the Silicon Valley platforms, they started with a, with a clean slate. 
national transport uh, system. It already exists, you know, and uh, you you need to somehow, you know, make the the changes while the train is running. That's that's obviously more difficult. I think that that's fair. But let's go back to something that you were talking about earlier. You mentioned like there's often, you know, about the urgency, you know, in Rolls Royce, you need to have some urgency. You know, with sustainability, there's often a lack of urgency, you know, in the case of the energy crisis. It wasn't a sense of urgency until it really became a problem. How can platforms and ecosystems help alleviate those unexpected crises and create urgency? I don't think that uh, that the platforms actually can do that well. They can uh, they can offer the context where maybe solutions can be worked out at, but I don't think they create the urgency. At least that's sort of my view. Paolo might differ. I, I, I think there are two points where uh, platforms or platforms thinking can help a lot. First of all is, uh, let's say, the connection, also the emotional connection uh, with the users where it can help to uh, move a bit, uh, let's say, the sustainability narrative. At the moment, I see a sustainability narrative 100% or 99%, uh, first of all, on uh, the environmental part and also very rational about data figures, targets, uh, 20 years targets. Here, you need to bring something uh, close to the heart of people. So you need, first of all, uh, to reinforce the social, the people part, because in the end, you care about your feeling today and tomorrow. And also in terms of behaviors, it's uh, to some extent, it's a bit easy to say, let's focus on uh, what's going to be our planet in 20 years if I don't respect people tomorrow morning. So that's, uh, and in this case, platform and ecosystem uh, can help a lot also digital platform to increase this uh, uh, let's say, connection. The other point is about transparency. We believe that all this is linked to being transparent and fair. Uh, all these uh, systems are based uh, in, the, in the best cases on uh, transparency of rules, of data, sometimes not enough, but at least they have the potential to be very, very transparent. I think also some interesting cases within the healthcare system, like this ICHOM uh, indicators for the value-based healthcare, are going in that direction, engaging citizens, patients, and create a strong visibility to create also a sort of social push to some solutions that make sense for all of us. So that's uh, one of the benefits uh, of platform and ecosystem. Clearly, they should be managed uh, in a more sustainable way, let's call it, but uh, that's, uh, that's powerful. Okay, I'm going to reverse my opinion. I think Paolo makes a really great point here. Uh, we have many people who feel they don't have a voice, and uh, platforms can give people uh, uh, that voice. It sort of connects well to, uh, I've been doing a lot of work in how companies now, uh, not specific to the sort of sustainability question, but can, you know, create their strategy in a more open manner. And one of the, the core arguments uh, we make there is that if people are involved in something, you know, they are much more likely to be champions of whatever outcome it is. Even if it's not exactly what they had in mind, at least they had a voice in that. And I think Paolo is right, you know, that this is actually true also in the uh, uh, sustainability question that the platforms give can give l a larger group of people an opportunity to be involved 
then in a sort of, you know, somebody says, this is what we're going to do and you just do it type of situation. Now, well, that's great. Um, one question for you, Christian. What do leaders need to do differently to make these platforms and ecosystems successful from a sustainability perspective? Um, I will kind of frame it a bit broader, uh, the way I've just sort of started to, uh, to talk about it. With uh, platforms, I have the opportunity to involve uh, more people. Now, I need to find a way as a leader that I feel comfortable uh, with this. And the way I've seen it work well in this context of opening up the strategic conversations is that there's some explicit conversation in the beginning or message in the beginning of how much of what comes out of this uh, will influence uh, the final solutions. If we talk in a company context, then, you know, the final shots will still sit with the top leadership, but they're well advised uh, to listen carefully to good ideas that come out of this uh, process. So you don't raise expectation that you turn everything into a, a big vote in the end and whatever the majority says is uh, going going to happen, yeah? Clear message uh, in the beginning, I think, can, can help us. And then uh, you have this benefit uh, of, of having many voices in the process. And what do you think, Paolo? I think it's a very critical point. Platform ecosystems and sustainability are based on uh, collaboration, trust, uh, this systemic uh, logic. So leaders uh, should uh, walk the talk. That's uh, the message. And their behaviors uh, are more and more visible, also for the reasons uh, we mentioned. So here there is a, a point, is how to translate uh, generic statements, values in concrete, visible behaviors of leaders. And as I said, both on the environmental part, but also on the social and people part. Within companies, there are a lot of ways to demonstrate that you stick to these values and behaviors, but you need to make it very concrete, observable, and eventually also to measure these uh, kinds of behaviors. Well, gentlemen, unfortunately, we're out of time for this episode for today. So if I could ask you for your final thoughts, what would you like to leave our listeners with when it comes to ecosystems, platforms, and sustainability? Christian, I'll start with you. Well, I come back to what I said in the very uh, beginning. Uh, we are at a point in time where it's easy to put it into, well, let's do it tomorrow type situation. So creating urgency around the topic is more and more important. And platforms help us because as Paolo pointed out uh, earlier, it gives many people an opportunity to make themselves heard. And the reality is that many people still deeply care about this. And what about you, Paolo? About me, I would say if we use uh, the platform jargon, we are at a, a tipping point because there are a lot of initiatives and also good agreement that uh, platform ecosystem can really support sustainability and vice versa. Here, the point is to make uh, the last uh, step, which is a step uh, not easy by definition. Uh, it requires a lot of efforts, also of experimentation, but we are not that far because there are a lot of cases, as we mentioned, that are going in that direction. So we need to move from some uh, pioneering uh, cases uh, to something, uh, as I said, more at scale. From that conversation, it's clear that platforms and ecosystems are helping to power the future of business efficiently and the future of sustainability. A special thank you to Paolo and Christian 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Future Sight, a show from Capgemini Invent. We'll see you soon. Thank you.